episode 65 of the App Advice Weekly Podcast. I'm Brett Nolan of AppAddict.net, and with me as always is Trevor Sheridan of App Advice. In this episode, Trevor and I enroll in wizard school, where we consult an app instead of Professor Sprout, befriend artificial life, life forms, fight evil villains, and use the alphabet to solve puzzles. How you doing tonight, Trevor? Doing good. That sounds like a nice, eclectic collection of odds and ends. <laughs> that, yeah, that pretty much sums up this week of new new game releases. It was a, a week of odds and ends. Yep, and so before we get there, it's Apple news time. In the, the turn of the calendar, it's Apple's Q2 2018, which is Apple's second fiscal quarter. It's the first calendar quarter of 2018. And Apple posted revenue of $61.1 billion with profit of $13.8 billion. To put those numbers in perspective, compare that to a, the year ago, Apple posted revenue of $52.9 and profit of $11 billion. So it's a record Q2 for Apple, and that's quite an increase. It's a 15.5% increase in revenue and a 25.45% increase in profit. So like we said last week, this just in, Apple's making a ton of money. <laughs> Well, it helps when you have three flagship phones all coming out around the same time. So now you're pretty much hitting everybody that, that wanted a phone. Yep. And so Apple's guidance for the quarter was 60 to 62 point billion. So they smacked right in the middle of that. And then speaking of the phone, Apple sold 52.2 million iPhones in the quarter compared to 50.8 million. And Tim Cook, after or during the call, said that the iPhone X is their main kind of it's all you know there was all these rumors last week saying that the iphone x sales aren't there certain oled suppliers don't have the profits so that way that means apple's off tim cook had to deny all that and say iphone x is blowing right along right yeah so people as much as like the early reports were saying that no one wanted to spend a thousand dollars for a phone I have by far and large seen a ton of the iPhone 10s out there. Like if I look over, I see that notch on so many people's devices that I'm surprised. Like even people that I would never have guessed would have spent a thousand dollars on a phone. Whoa, they pull out their iPhone 10. There's the notch and off we go. Yep. And so the iPad sold 10 or no, it sold 9.1 million, which is down from or up slightly from the 8.9 million so they sold about 200,000 more ipads over the quarter and then the max are the one that were down from 4.2 to 4.1 million now when did that new the 9.7 inch the new ipad show up that that wouldn't have that would have just barely been in this one right yeah it would have been like a week or two so it's not yeah, gonna so push much Maybe so that's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's still pretty impressive because I expect they're probably going to sell a good deal of those because they are so inexpensive and they're almost on par with the 9.7-inch iPad Pro that I have. So I don't know. I'm curious. I'm more curious on the iPad numbers to see next quarter's numbers because I think that thing is probably going to sell fairly well. Yeah, and it will be this full quarter or the full upcoming Q3 and then it's probably we're going to get a new iPad. No, I, I can't say that. No, a new iPad's probably fall. It's not WWDC. So we won't actually hear about it probably until the following Q1. Right, right. But we will have Mother's Day in this quarter. Uh, so that's a, a common gift to give iPads. So Father's I Day think it's going to be up. 
Father's Day too. Yep. And you have graduations coming up mm-hmm. too. So who knows? It. I think it's going to be big. So that's pretty much the earnings. Again, Apple set a record for their Q2, even though it's been another quarter after the holiday quarter. Apple's still selling a ton of the iPhone Xs. And I guess you don't have to worry about any of those rumors that there's any doom and gloom of the iPhone line. Yep. (laughs) And so that means it's time for some apps. And the first one this week is called Seek by iNaturalist. And it's an app that is supposed to inspire you to get out in nature, but you don't have to go to like a national park or make a trip out of it. You can find items just in your backyard, front yard, and it all comes down to image recognition. So you can either take a live photo or upload a photo from your camera roll, and then the app is going to more often than not identify it and then lets you catalog it. So by default, when you upload the app, it shows you what species might be around you. So, you know, it's going to have mammals and birds and plants and reptiles and different potential species for your area that you've probably seen. And then you can upload a photo specifically, like say it says elk deer. You can upload a photo for that. Or you could just upload the general photo and let the app do all of the work to categorize it and identify it. And, you know, I've uploaded a few photos that were relatively blurry where the animal wasn't, you know, the center of the picture and it was still able to identify it each time. So it worked really well for me in image recognition. Yeah, I, I kind of like how it almost is a mix of a resource to figure things out and also sort of a game almost. Because you could use this as like a scavenger hunt type thing where because it does pull from your location the type of things you're more often than not going to probably see. Then you could take that list of items and just go try to find those particular items. Or if you have pictures of things you took and you're like, I don't know what kind of bird that is, or I wonder what kind of plant that is, or is that poison ivy? You can quickly take the picture and it'll tell you exactly what it is. Or it seemed to do a pretty good job for the couple of things I tried. It got kind of dark here, so I couldn't test even more for actual live shots. I want to do a few more of those, but it seemed to work fairly well, even though for some reason it's just, app store review seemed kind of low for for how, at least my own experience with it and the app also includes details about every animal so say you just find a simple morning dove you can see where in your area other people who've used the app have found it and then also there's a spotting chart over time to see when that animal shows up the most like is it springtime is it in the fall is it winter and then there's just a wikipedia paragraph about the animal itself as well as the scientific name so there's a little bit of learning and i really like that idea of setting up kind of a scavenger hunt like you could have your kids all have their apps and you know it gives you kind of nine animals by default that are likely in your area so you know it might just be like a monarch butterfly a dove some regular lizard, a sparrow, ladybug, that they can just go out and try to find in your yard without having to go anywhere special. Right, and you get some outside, doing things fun, and there's even little badges you can earn for finding different species and different types of things. So if you're that kind of person that likes to collect those little badges, there's another aspect for you to love. Yep, and so that's Seek by iNaturalist. It's free and it's universal. And that means it's time for some games, and we're starting this week with Harry Potter Hogwarts Mystery. And this game has been a long time in development. You can tell as soon as you launch it how much went into the design, 
the thought process and the storyline. And it has a really deluxe storyline that is just intriguing enough to kind of get you in the door and start playing for a while. And the idea is that you are a brand new Hogwarts student. You've just uh, got your letter. And so now you need to go to Diagon Alley, get all your good stuff, and then become a first year student and work your way up through Hogwarts as any other student would. And then there's all kinds of character connections, whether it's friendships or enemies. You get to be sorted into your house. And then you have all those kind of first year classes ideas of potions and charms and flying brooms and all kinds of fun little stuff. And it comes down to essentially tapping the screen to perform tasks to build up your energy meter to complete stars and then one kind of swipe gesture like you swipe a w and that confirms your spell or whatever and that completes a mission and you play through the chapter and your character had a brother who went to hogwarts and he was disgraced dismissed and gave a terrible name to your standing so everyone knows you through that terrible connection and now you need to kind of build up your own name but also find out the mystery of your brother and what he actually did there's all kinds of vaults you want to get into to figure it out and so it's all kind of that harry potter world made in a playable game on the relatively simple side and then of course there's all kinds of in-app purchases right yeah so this was one that we've been looking forward to because my daughter just finished all the books and finished even the cursed child the play as well and she was so looking forward to this. We're all Harry Potter fans. We're all looking forward to this. And then we started playing, and you play a little bit, not even that far in, and now all of a sudden you have to wait like eight hours for something to happen. And I'm like, this is crazy. Like, they basically want you to pay to get these these coins so you can replenish your your energy meter, or you have to basically put the thing down for eight hours and then come back. And... I don't know, it just seems so ridiculous that they're basically, they know this is going to be played by kids. They know adults are going to play it too, but a lot of kids are going to be playing for this. And for you to have like these $100 in-app purchases to try to entice kids to buy this, all these in-app purchases seems so bogus to me and irresponsible. That It just feels like a cash grab where they could have made this even a paid app or had some other thing where they did it chapter wise where you paid for content rather than shoving in all this free to play crap that is all these expensive microtransactions and a lot of them otherwise you basically have to put the game down and go do something else and not play the game uh, and just wait it out and my daughter didn't seem too phased by that she's 11 she actually seemed kind of okay with putting it down although she did say it always seemed to happen at the most inconvenient time like right when she was going to be go had to get ready for school or go to school but by the time she got home the wait time was over so she could play but she ended up leaving the app more often than not because she didn't want to stick around and she just played something else and then eventually she would re remember and come back to the game and play some more where they could have done it a different way and I think it would have worked much better. This is one of the most IAP heavy games I've ever experienced in my life and just think how many games that Brett and I play per week and just to have this game it's so fantastical in terms of how many IEPs and ways they get to nickel and dime you and give you energy meters and different forms of currencies. It's phenomenal how much time went into developing the IEP system <laughs> to the point that 
you'll go into this room and, you know, one of the plants traps you and you have to cast a spell to keep the plant off you. And as you remember in the book, when that happens to Harry, the plant starts strangling him. He runs out of energy and he just has to sit there for a few hours until his energy replenishes to cast more spells. That's one of the most exciting parts. (laughs) (laughs) And that actually happens in the game. It's beyond imagination that they could create a system where right in the middle of a mission essentially you can just be completely frozen to proceed unless you either spend money or leave the game and come back later and that happens more and more as you go to and it's quick too by the time you reach chapter four just to go back to talk to the head of your house to get your next mission it costs you 30 gems and gems are the hard currency so just to start chapter four you need the gems which that's an awesome paywall i've that's probably the best paywall I've seen in my life. And they just keep building upon it. I mean, the game itself, it, the story is kind of intriguing. I want to find out what the story is, but it's really not worth the time, effort, frustration, or anything like that. And then there's just, even beyond the IP, there's a few little weird things to the point that, you know, when you get to the sorting hat, you get to pick what house you go to. If the sorting hat asks you and you get to say, oh, I want to go to Ravenclaw or Gryffindor, whatever the case that is. I mean, what kind of lazy lateral content bullshit is that to have to just you'd you'd have no they could ask you one question, you know, to kind of try to put a personality to the house. Instead, you just tap on the icon you want and you go to that house. It doesn't matter because you're probably not going to keep playing and could care less about what house you get into once you stumble over all these paywalls. But it's just such a frustrating setup because there's so much potential from kind of the design idea and, of course, the theme to have it just completely squandered because of IEP, which you could just have, like you said, a chapter-based thing like Telltale does or just a full price unlock, download the game, try the first thing, you get into the story, and then pay 5 10 whatever amount of bucks you want to charge, and then maybe you have more conversion Versus right now, like you said, maybe it's they're aiming for those kids who don't realize how much they're spending because it goes by so quickly or there's so many ways to spend money in this game. Yeah, it, I, it just seems like a slap in the face to Harry Potter fans where you knew these people would pay like in a chapter system. They would easily pay. They bought the books. They would pay in a normal system. I would have even paid to unlock all this stuff for my daughter to play through it like I'm not paying in-app purchase after in-app purchase for some stupid thing that they've set up that limits your play only so they can make money. If they want everyone to experience the content that they put this time through, all I can think is it's got to be a super short story if you were to play through it all in a normal time frame. They, They must be doing this to drag it out because it's too little content for what's there. That's all I can think of. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense to do it this way and have respect for your audience. Like, I can't believe that this was beta tested and people didn't complain about it. Or if they did, they obviously fell on deaf ears and they didn't care. And Warner Brothers should be ashamed that they let Jam City do this to their property. Uh, And like, I don't know. I'm really, really disappointed with this game. Yeah, it burns the intellectual property by doing this. So now you have a bad taste in your mouth and you think of Harry Potter, you think of Jam City, and you think of Warner Brothers. 
in a negative light because of the way the game is constructed. And it's not that tough to change. I can't imagine that the few whales who are going to spend a bunch of money on this game are worth that negative PR and just turning people off in the future of potential Harry Potter games in favor of people actually being satisfied. Right. Yeah, I reckon if you've played this game and you're as frustrated as us, I would say go to the App Store, give it one star, and let them know how you feel. Like, I don't usually go and say this, but I think this one deserves it. Like, tell them how you feel, tell them that you feel cheated, just let them have it. And to your point about it being potentially short, I thought that too. And then there's like an ad within the game, you know, to continue. It says play through the years of school. So are they telling me I'm going to do year two stuff and then I'll get to year five and take wizarding exams? Am I going to follow along the whole seven year trajectory of school? Because that sounds like a very detailed game. Yeah, I mean, it, it, maybe <laughs> it is. Or maybe that content doesn't exist yet and they still have to to finish building it out. I don't know. But if it is yeah. all seven years, then yeah, that would be a lot of content. But you're never going to get through it this right if they, or it if might they... take you seven years. <laughs> yeah, it's in real time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so in case you couldn't tell from that, we, we're not a big fan of this game. So that's Harry Potter, Hogwarts Mystery. It's free, it's universal. Don't let that free price fool you. Yep. <laughs> so next up is Major Mayhem 2. And the first game came out a while ago. It was published by Adult Swim. And it's a quick action run-and-gun shooter where Major Mayhem runs side-scrolling automatically and you simply tap at enemies in the backdrop. So it has that kind of 2.5D setup. And the sequel essentially is the same exact game. I found it very tough. Like I wasn't super reminiscent of the original, but the more I played into the game, I tried to go further to see kind of what new things are introduced. And it seems like the original developers just re-released the game, slapped the two on it, updated the graphics, kind of changed it a little bit, but it's more just to get out from that original publisher agreement with Adult Swim. Yeah, I don't really remember playing the first one, and I mean, it was kind of fun at first, but then it gets really repetitive after a while. Like, it, it I do like how they have different characters, and it almost becomes like a, a memory-style game, where you got to remember certain characters, you need to avoid their, their more powerful shots, so what'll happen is, they're shooting at you, you can keep on ducking behind things by not tapping on the screen. And then every once in a while, they'll do these super powerful shots, which you'll see this red, like, target symbol or aiming rectal come out. And then you have to quickly dodge that most of the time. If it's the guy with the grenades, you have to actually come out to grab the grenade. And then you can toss the grenade again. And if you are holding the grenade when another grenade comes, then you get hurt. Otherwise, you can keep on tossing a grenade and either kill other people with the grenades or hit another grenade and knock it out. Or uh, Otherwise, you now kind of have to like memorize as you're going through what these different types of enemies are, whether you're supposed to be avoiding them, not avoiding them. Some of them take certain like extra shots to take out where you take out their helmet and then them. And so it starts to get a little repetitive, but at least they're kind of mixing things up by tossing in different enemy types that require slightly different within the, the kind of tight framework of the game. But overall, it does get kind of samey. 
I, there, there's one other part I didn't really like, but I'll, I'll let you uh, give your thoughts first. Well, just the gameplay, it's reminiscent of 2010, that simple tap the target idea. Because, you know, there's variations, like you said, of the different heavier weapon types that you really need to avoid. But for all intents and purposes, you wait for the enemies to pop out, and then you tap repeatedly to fire upon them, and then you go back. So your character goes into cover automatically. You don't even have that swipe gesture to do kind of a risk-reward of being out longer, maybe generate a more powerful shot by being out of cover for longer. So for me, just as you go from level to level, I kept expecting more from the game just because it was, you know, the first few levels, this is Major Mayhem 1. So to get even further into the game and never have kind of that step or that leap forward or that change... I just couldn't keep going. Yeah, so they did try to reward you for, like, close calls, where if you ducked, you waited just long enough and then ducked it back again, then you would get, like, kind of a multiplier bonus for these close calls. But it was like, there wasn't a lot of incentive to do it, because more often than not, you get hit, lose some of your armor. The thing I found kind of frustrating, where they tried to mix things up, was to have sequences where you're running, you have to shoot by tapping the screen, but then you also have to press this jump button, or I think you could swipe up as well, over on the other side of the screen, which just was really more frustrating than challenging. Like, it it didn't seem, like, this jump didn't seem natural, it seemed kind of rigid, too rigid, and just the timing seemed off because you really had to focus on trying to tap the enemies or focus on the jump. You really couldn't do both at the same time, or at least I couldn't. And so they tried to add complexity, but it just didn't make sense in the way the game is set up. Yeah, I, I felt the same exact way. And so with that, I know we're just giving out the most glowing recommendations this week. <laughs> But <laughs> that's Major Mayhem 2. It's also free. It's universal. At least it didn't have the IAP slap in your face. So it True. had that going for it. <laughs> and then there's Super Type. This game is not free to play. It's 99 cents. And it comes from the creator of some crazy games. So he made Burger and Pancake, where there was these super quick action games where you tap the screen and hold it and then flip over the pancakes on the burgers to then land either in a stack or on a bun. And so he's kind of been doing more puzzle games, and Supertype fits in with that idea. And it's a relatively interesting puzzle game, because most time you see letters in games, it turns out to be word games. So this is actually a pure puzzle game where you can type whatever you want on screen, and the letters are going to cascade through the level, and there's going to be these little black dots to land on. And so at the outset, you just need one letter to hit one of the black dots. But then as you go... You'll need the letters to land in a position so they can hold those black dots and they might need to hit three different black dots. Or then you might be able to draw a line on the screen to catch the falling letters and then push them or slide them to where the black dots lie. So it just the levels kind of every set introduces a new mechanic. But no matter what you pick, it's going to just start with typing whatever you want on the screen. And it's really interesting how you realize how a P or a B or a Y falls differently, and that might propel an L to fall sideways, or an O to roll into position. So you actually have to care about the shape of the letters. And that is what the kind of core idea of the puzzle game, because you're not just tapping out ra random letters, you're tapping letters with a specific purpose of how they'll land and hit the objects in the environment to propel to those black dots. 
Right. First, some breaking news. I guess just two hours ago, the game went up to $1.99. So, sorry, you <laughs> missed out on the 99 cents. But now back to the gameplay. Uh, yeah, so I did notice on the first few levels, I could solve them by pretty much typing a string of O's. Uh, but then, then it started to get trickier, and especially those levels where you had to stop the letter so that it's covering the black, multiple black dots all at the same time. So now you really have to think of how different letters are going to end up disrupting each other or causing them to be able to fall through a certain crack to land in the exact same, the exact spot you were hoping it to fall in. And so it does get trickier as you start to play through. I mean, they're kind of, the levels are kind of all over the place as far as difficulty, where you'll go from like a hard one to an easy one. It doesn't seem to be like a natural progression of difficulty, but there are some nice tricky little levels that will take you a little bit of time to figure out exactly what you need to type in order to get it. And I'm sure there must be multiple solutions for these levels, but eventually you'll stumble upon something that'll work or you'll just by doing a certain pairing of letters, you'll happen to see, oh, wait, if I move that down the line a little bit further, that would be perfect. That Y will hook onto something and spin in and hit the dot that's kind of blocked right now. So you kind of start to figure out the various uh, physics of the different letters. And it's, it's a really interesting take on a puzzle game it's something i wouldn't have thought of ever doing where you're trying to figure out how letters interact with each other but not in a word sense but in a f actual physical sense so i kudos to philip stolenmeyer about or maver is it meyer meyer i believe yeah uh on yeah. this another crazy weird game that is kind of addictive yeah just really interesting ideas like he did vertical in one meter and they're just change of pace. So this one fits right in line, but it's more contemplative rather than action-based, where you need to think about how those letters put together. And this was the only game of the week that I just kept coming back to. And, I mean, that's more of an indictment on the other games than a glowing recommendation for this one. But when you come out in a week with other bad games, or with bad games, it makes you stand out that much more. You're right, and it's well, it also fits the perfect little quick in quick out can play a few levels and there's a lot of levels in here where it's like a great little just time filler where you can just you don't you're not popping out of the game because you don't want to play you could sit there and just binge this thing you're popping out because this is the type of thing that's meant to be played in little bursts you're not being forced out by ads and in our purchases you just uh you're just kind of want to take it a little bit of time you don't want to burn through the whole thing all at once Yep. And so that's super type. It's 99 cents. It's universal or it's a dollar 99 is universal. <laughs> and then to round out the week is still here, which is a very promising looking game from the outset. And that's about all the good I can say about it. So once you download it, the full name is still here flight adventure and the screenshots, the preview video, it looks really promising as you control this character and you have this little jetpack and you can fly around the levels and you need to collect things and then you jump into the game and you realize that every single level is not that expansive and it comes down to the same objective where there's this big character who wants four or five items you fly around the level you get those four or five items and you get back to them there's no real obstacles or challenges it's more just going through the motions at least in the first five or ten levels and then 
you actually realize that the jetpack controls don't work that well. It's a really <laughs> floaty feeling. It's a really slow-paced movement idea, and it just becomes tedious to even move at all of it. It's tough to keep going in this one. Yeah, so I saw this. I saw the screenshots. I'm like, wow, this looks kind of little big planety. Like, this is going to be awesome. And then I started playing it, and it's exactly what you said. Like, this is the same stupid thing over and over again, and there's no <laughs> challenge whatsoever. Like, it's like a kid's game. Like, I would give this to, like, a four-year-old or a three-year-old to just fool around with a little jetpack. Like, the only challenge is the jetpack eventually runs out, so you have to let go so it can refuel a little bit, and then you can kind of jetpack again. So you often have to just find a shorter path up to get up back up if you start going down you then have to just find a shorter path to go up but basically all you're doing is exploring these really small levels for the couple of items and it just rinse and repeat over and over again and there's just really nothing to this game like to charge 2.99 for this seems ridiculous yeah i don't even know what the idea was like did it have a better original plan and they just couldn't make good jetpack controls so they went for this super easy game or is this the best they could come up with i mean i i kept wanting there to be more you know like when you're going through the intro tutorial you're like it's not this bad right there's something <laughs> something's gonna happen and it doesn't i think it would be even an insult to four-year-olds at this point <laughs> <laughs> well, I can think of, like, there was a, I believe it's Tokoboka had, like, a game that was similar. It was the Toka Robot Lab. I think it was called Toka Robot Lab. But at least that one, you got to first build your robot, and then it was a similar type of thing, where you're just flying around with the robot, trying to find items, and then flying to the end. And you played it for all of, like, two minutes, then you, you just rebuilt the robot. At least you got different robots every time. My kids loved it, but they were, like, three at the time. So, uh, like, I don't know. I just had really high hopes for this, and I thought it was going to be cool. And it was just so bad. Like, I don't even know what to say. Like, I, it says solve puzzles in one of the screenshots. There really wasn't anything to solve. You were just kind of uh, just moving around. And like you, I thought, okay, so these are just tutorial levels, teaching the controls and what you're going to have to do. But they're really going to make this more complex. And no, it's just the same thing over and over again. Yep, that about sums it up, so we won't waste any more time on it. It's still here, Flight Adventure. It's two ninety nine. It's universal. Maybe if this game was free, more people would download it, but that probably wouldn't help this game at all because then more people would experience how bad it is. So I don't think there's any proper payment <laughs> system for this game. No, there'd be more negative <laughs> reviews because people would actually have... Uh, download it more more downloads more negative and then i was going to round it out there but just i wanted to continue the theme of this week with a game called pocket pins which is this neat little minimalistic idea that takes the ideas of bowling and merges it with mini golf so that each lane is kind of like a mini golf hole where rather than the usual 10 pin setup there might be seven pins and they're arranged in such a way to have a very specific shot needed and then as you go, the lane is going to have like little metal sheets that you have to dodge. And so every shot, you tap and hold the screen to kind of set your trajectory. And then you tap and hold it again to then adjust the curve. So you can get your ball to 
weave around things. And then that's really neat. But then it's this whole endless game where with any kind of mini golf game, there's a hole. You've completed that hole. You should never have to see that hole again. This game, the lanes are essentially randomly generated. But after you play a couple of times, you realize that that random generation means that when there's three pins, they move slightly to the left the next time you play. It's not it's still kind of the same evolution of sets. And so it's really disappointing they've turned this into an endless game when it could be great, where you just have this golfinity idea where there's just a ton of levels to play through each lane. You make a mistake and then you go and try it again. You adjust your curve or you do whatever you need to. But instead, it's this endless game. You play 10 lanes, there's one pin you miss, and then you restart at the very beginning. It's super boring. You're never going to make it to that point that you lost it again because you're going to lose interest. Yeah, I, I haven't tried this one, but you, you look at that animated, <laughs> the animated little trailer on the App Store, and it looks pretty good. And then, but yeah, I would get so frustrated if I had to keep on restarting. I'd rather have it be the style where you're trying to get a certain score. You pay play ten, like it's your ten frames of an actual bowling alley. But yeah, I I don't know. I was gonna give this a try. I probably won't bother now. <laughs> Yep, so that's Pocket Pins. It's free, it's universal, and I think that's everything for episode 65. Yep, that's all I got. Brett, thanks for joining me. Oh, pleasure as always. To everyone listening, we hope you enjoyed, and we'll talk to you next time. Talk to you later.